Hey y'all, it is I, Raquel Dene of RaquelaDene.com, communication stylist and encouragement extraordinaire. It's been 24 hours, a wild couple of days, a stressful few weeks, but today on the couch, I want to talk about sudden shifts. I don't know if any of you have ever driven a car with a standard transmission, but my first car after high school was just that. A 1995 Mitsubishi Eclipse. And I was probably close to tearing up the clutch quite a few times. It took me a while to figure out how to do it. But once I did, I knew I had it. And I knew the exact moment. I was downtown on a hill with a Lexus behind me and a Mercedes in front of me, knowing that if I took my foot off that clutch too quickly, I was going to stall out and hit that Lexus behind me. Or if I moved too quickly, I was going to run into the Mercedes in front of me. And when I got out of that sandwich of expensive potential insurance debt and hadn't hit a thing, you couldn't tell me nothing. Life makes us think that we are handling the shifts well at times, right? Because we're easing off the clutch. We're just enough on the gas. We're moving down the lane. Let me tell you something. That's not always the case. Do we have to move through it? Absolutely. Is it that simple? Absolutely not. This past weekend, I went to the homegoing celebration of a woman that I loved and adored and miss more than I can put into words. But there was a eulogy given and part of the message was shifting. Sometimes life comes at us, we have to take a breath, and then shift. And I was reminded that shifting, much like in vehicles, you can't do it too quickly. There's a gentle balance. Because just like you can tear up the clutch in an engine in a car, what powers us is our heart and our minds. And we can do a lot of damage trying to shift from one thing to another too quickly. Now, there may be three people in the world who know what I'm about to tell you. But yesterday, by the time you hear this will be an indiscriminate day, I got some news that simultaneously rocked my world and stunned me to my core. It took the breath out of my lungs and the strength out of my stance. Had I not been sitting down, I probably quite literally would have fallen over. And it was so swift and so intense that it took my breath away. And I thought, okay, I've got to get through this. I still had some classes to teach. I just got to, I got to move through. And I got about halfway through my second to last class of the day. And I thought I was having a heart attack. I really and truly thought I was having a heart attack. I was teaching and simultaneously checking myself for other symptoms. My chest was so tight, I could barely breathe. And I kept moving my fingers, wondering if there was numbness or if it was just the intense pain in my chest, I sat down, tried to make sure I didn't have blurry vision. I asked my class to repeat what I said so I knew that my words were coming out in ways that were understandable and they weren't slurred. And I kept teaching. I finished that class and I did another and I drove home and I came 
in and I parented and I did everything that I needed to do. And then I laid down and I prayed. Because see, stress is a silent killer. And a couple of years ago, 2021, in the fall, I bent down to pick up a paperback Pete the Cat book. And when I stood up, I thought I was having a heart attack. That's how I recognized this pain. And after being rushed to the ER, I was told that it was skeletal muscular, that my heart was just fine. And the next day, I saw my chiropractor, and she told me the dislocation in my ribs is consistent or was consistent with head-on car accidents or physical contact sports like tackle football. And I said, no, I just bent down to pick up a book. And she told me then that something was wrong, and it wasn't a physical thing. It was mental and emotional, and it was causing my body to respond in ways that were literally breaking it down. And so last night, as I was praying and just releasing to the Lord the pain in my body and the truth of what was happening, I was directed back to a note that I made that very same day in 2021. And as I sat in that doctor's office, just thinking that like I was dying, thinking they were going to come back and tell me that there was something wrong with my heart, I wrote a note to myself that said, as I sit here, chest pain still obvious and waiting for an x-ray, all I can do is trust you. Trust in my prayers for healing. Trust I will be delivered fully. Trust your will. I'm scared. I don't want this to be an underlying issue. I don't want this to be the signal of a greater concern. I don't want this to be the indicator that my body no longer can handle daily life. I was afraid for my life two years ago. And yesterday, again, I was afraid. And then I realized that the thing that it caused, that intense pain in my chest, it was akin to contractions of labor but in my chest. It was painful, but the very things that caused that pain were all fixable. They all had solutions. Not only did they have solutions, they had solutions that I could call in help and support to create. I didn't have to do it on my own. And when I had that realization, I sat and I breathed and I reminded myself that I had breath. Sudden shifts will take us out if we're not careful. <laughs> and it requires a true surrender to the fragility of life to recognize that some things we just got to let go. Some things we have to let go. Because holding on to them will break us down. And I went to sleep last night and I told the Lord, whatever your will is, I'll follow it because I realized what I thought was God working in my favor was really me trying to get him to bend to my will and work out my way. And what he's doing is preparing me for something greater than I could have ever imagined. Is it hard? Absolutely. One of the hardest things I've done next to parenting. And it's a process. And yesterday, it felt like as soon as I absorbed one thing, there was more and more and more. And I didn't want to call my people hysterical because that's how it felt. 
it felt hysterical in my body. And so I called, I called one of my oldest friends, ready to tell her what had happened. And as soon as she answered the phone, I know the cry I let out probably scared her half to death, but it was the moaning in my body, the the verbal representation of the pain that was inside of me that had to be released. And after, after that phone call, what I had was a reminder that it was already well, that God had already lined up every relationship, every person, every avenue, every need, every resource. He'd already lined it up before I ever got the news that I got for every one of the notifications that I got. You see, because that friend that I called, we've known each other since we were teenagers. And we've had our times of distance where she lived her life and I lived mine. But the Lord brought us back together and reconciled that relationship for such a time as this so that I could be there for her and she could be there for me. He allowed me to build rapport and relationship with my little sister in a way that allows us to support each other beautifully, even from a distance. He has given me my people. He gave me my person. And when I say she showed up for me yesterday, oh my God, oh, how they rallied. And as I released and I cried and I prayed, what I could be grateful for was the biblical principle of reaping what we sow. Because I knew in that moment, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if my people are showing up for me like this, if this is what I'm reaping, then I've sowed good seed. And this is not meant to break me or hurt me or harm me or tear me down. It is meant to get me closer to my harvest. Let me tell you, these sudden shifts, they're real and you have to go through them. Going around them leaves opportunity to have to repeat. Trying to get over it keeps us from really seeing, feeling, and engaging with what is. But growing through it. And yes, I said growing, not just going growing through it. The woman I am today is different from the woman I was yesterday in some of the most amazing of ways. Something I'd never thought I would have to face or handle. Not only did I make it through while continuing to educate and encourage and uplift my students, but I made it through to today. And I learned the lesson of surrender. And I learned to see that God's way is greater than my want. His will is greater than whatever I've imagined in my mind to ask him for. And all I have to do is go through it one experience at a time. Because we've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Jira provides and the insight and the strengthening of my faith and the wisdom and the discernment is more valuable to me than I can put into words and articulate. And it's humbling to know that I don't have to do it all. To be able to say, Lord, you're going to have to fix this and I trust you to fix it because I ain't got it and I can't do it. It's a very interesting process growing. When we're children, growing pains are much more physical almost. You know, our legs hurt, our, our arms ache. But in adulthood, that doesn't change. And I'm reminded of one of my favorite 
biblical stories where Paul is talking about this thorn in his flesh in 2 Corinthians 12, and he gets to verse 8, and he's saying, you know, I asked God three times to take this from me. And what follows that is, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Whew, those are the words of the Lord. It is when our lowest, weakest moments that we see God show up in us. But it's that next part that I'm having to walk through now. Because if that is a truth that I believe, then most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my affirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Oh, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Those words of Paul have gotten me through more in my life than I can begin to share. But what I know is that infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses are all plural. They're not one-time occurrences, meaning we will go through them and they will be plural in nature. And maybe like yesterday, sometimes all at once. But when we are at our weakest, the Lord is his strongest and he shows up. He's already there. But when we are weak, we are able to see him because we have nothing else to do or give or try. Our humanness has failed us and the faith in us stands up. Oh, my goodness. So, y'all, I come to you today alive, breathing, able to take a deep breath and not feel pain. That is a blessing. Thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes the couch is a place where we bring our tears. Sometimes the place we come together to laugh and kiki, to encourage or strengthen. Right now, this, this is fellowship. This is giving honor and glory to the one true and living God. And I understand that everybody may not know Christ as Savior. And there's no judgment. because. Truly loving Christ means loving people where they are. All I can do is share with you my truth, be the light that I am called to be in this world, and share with you what I know. And the beauty of free will is he allows us to make a choice, all individually. And he doesn't judge the choices we make. I wouldn't dare judge the choice of another. But I want to end this episode a little differently. I want to end this episode with prayer. My Heavenly Father, Creator of heaven and earth, I thank you. I thank you for this day, for new mercies, for new grace. I thank you for repentance and forgiveness. I thank you that you gave your son to die for the forgiveness of my sins, that he bore all of the evil in this world, that even I may come to you and be forgiven, that I may have access to you, come boldly to your throne. Through his sacrifice, I can cast my care on you because you care for me. I thank you for life and love and strength and relationship and family and friends. I thank you that your will is so great. You have seen the end of our lives before they even began. So every hurdle and obstacle we face, not only did you know they would be there, but you've already provided an escape. We are more than conquerors. We are already victorious through you. We don't have to fight the war. 
You've already done that. We just have to go through. Scripture tells us that we will walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, but we don't have to fear because you're with us. You comfort us and you provide in ways that we couldn't think to imagine. Help us all to see you in our days, to give you the glory for all that you've done, to be mindful of the ways that you have continued to show yourself true and faithful in our lives. Father, I thank you. And thank you doesn't seem like a great enough expression. But in this moment, it's all I have. My sincerest, most humble appreciation for all that you continue to do and be, not only in my life, but the lives of the people around me. And I pray right now that every ear who hears this prayer submit their hearts to your will that the pain in their bodies cease, that the troubling in their mind goes away, that they have rest and strength and encouragement and life and love so abundantly. Lord, it is through you that we live, move, and have being. And I thank you that you love us so much that you don't leave us to our own devices, but you continue to guide and carry However we may need you to, you are awesome, you are mighty, you are the friend that sticketh closer than a brother, the great I am. I give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name, amen. I love y'all. Thank you for joining me on the couch today. And until next time, see ya.